grace and peace to you from God, our Savior, the light born for you and for me. Dear Christian friends, rise and shine. I hear the grumbling already, right? We've all heard that, right? But for some of us, maybe it's been a been a little while, maybe been a few years, maybe since mom had to come in and and yell up the stairs or or shake us, rise and shine. What's your reaction to the call of rise and shine? Time to get up. If it's uh, school or something really fun, like going to the dentist like the first day of summer vacation, oh, you probably just want to roll over and go back to sleep, right? Don't want anything to do with it. But, but, if the call is to wake you up, even if it's early, even if it's so early that it's still dark out, because you're going on a trip and you're, you're super excited to go to grandma's house or to go to Disney World or to go to some on, on some great vacation, well, it might be early and you might be still tired, but it's... A moment of excitement, right? A moment of of joy. Rise and shine. There's not a lot of reason for excitement, though, right now, is there? Not not a ton of joy going on, I don't think. We're all kind of in the the Christmas doldrums. Christmas is a time filled with excitement, filled with joy, and and rightly so. We get get pumped up. We, We put in a ton of time and energy and now we kind of have a, almost a little bit of a hangover effect from that, just kind of, <sighs> and maybe you've already done it. If not, it's probably happening soon, right? The tree is coming down and, and going to the recycling or out to the curb or, or getting stashed away with all of the other festive decorations not to be seen for another 11 months. And the credit card bills, ugh, those are coming. And work, and school, ugh. family, friends, back to their homes, the, the grind, the daily routine is back in full swing, days are short, gets dark early, it's cool some days, most days. Ugh. There's just not much to be excited about right now, right? We're, we're just kind of waiting, looking ahead to, to spring. This morning, though, God, through his messenger, a man named Isaiah, he calls to us to wake us up, rise and shine. And it might be tempting for us to kind of roll over spiritually, but God doesn't want us to. He wants us to to wake up because he tells us, your light has come. And he tells us, and I've got a purpose for you who know that light because that light is for all people. Let's take a look at that message from the prophet Isaiah, beginning in uh, chapter 60, beginning at verse 1. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. Assemble and all assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. 
The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Isaiah uses that simple contrast, right, that, that we've been talking about throughout our worship service. It's a, it's, a, it's a picture that even little kids get, right? Dark and light. It's a picture that, that the Bible uses repeatedly throughout Scripture because we can understand it very simply and it communicates to us the profound difference between our nature Uh, spiritual nature, the way we're born into this world, and the hope that God offers to us. Isaiah describes us, right? And how does he do it? He says, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. Now this isn't just like a, a gloomy January day. Not that today's terrible, right? A little cloudy. But it's not just like one of those days where it's just, ugh. You don't really want to go outside. It's just cold and damp and the clouds are low and it's just kind of eh. No, he's talking about something that's far worse. He's talking about darkness that God sees. It's the darkness of sin. The thing is, we're actually pretty good at seeing that darkness. We're really good at seeing it in other people. Right? We, we're experts at finding faults and failures. Ooh, you did that wrong. Oh, man, I can't believe they did that. We are, we are experts at seeing that darkness in others. And what we need to realize is that darkness lives in my heart as well. It's the darkness that we see, right? The darkness of horrible, random violence, of terrible tragedy. It's the darkness of broken relationships, of of crumbling families, of a seemingly hopelessly divided nation. It's the darkness of guilt and shame that we know all too well from words that have escaped our lips, from twisted desires that we've allowed to, to linger and maybe even indulge. No, this darkness is is something that we're very familiar with, and it's the darkness that God wants us to understand well, the danger of it. And that's why it's our first takeaway this morning, that the darkness that God sees is the sin that lives in the heart of every person. That darkness that sin, it, it causes us, it causes all people to want to turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to God's commands, to God's desires, and even to God's promises. So it shouldn't surprise us that the world is not this bubbly, joyful, happy, light-filled place, because by nature we have a resistance. We, we resist the light, almost like some spiritual vampires. We don't want anything to do with it. We just want to live in the dark it causes us to want to roll over and ignore God's loving call to us to rise and shine. See, because by nature we're born into this world with an ignorance of God's love, of God's forgiveness that he gives to us. 
And as a result, all that we know is the darkness of a, a sin-shortened life and hopelessness, even for eternity. That's why God calls out to us. He says, rise and shine because the light has come. Jesus is that light. Jesus is the light of the world and the light for the world. And that's our second takeaway this morning, that Jesus is the light that came to shine where? In my darkness. Jesus came to shatter the darkness of sin because that's what light does, isn't it? You turn the lights on in a dark room and it's gone. It shatters the darkness and that's what the light of the world Jesus came to do to the darkness of sin. My sin, your sin, the world's sin. He came to take that darkness on himself on the cross. And he crushed it. He destroyed it with the light of his perfect life. He gave his perfect life to take away all of our darkness. And the beauty is that now you and I, we have this this freedom from darkness because Jesus came to shatter it. The the darkness of guilt and shame, gone. The darkness of fear and anxiety, the darkness of, of what's going to happen when I die, gone. Because Jesus died and he didn't stay dead, he rose. And in his resurrection is our promise of salvation, of hope, of eternity with him. Jesus came to shatter the darkness and to give us light. And that's why he calls to us and says, rise and shine, because your light has come. And he calls that light the glory of the Lord. Now, if you're, to, well, To our English ears, that phrase might not mean a whole lot, right? Maybe you heard it and you kind of just kept right on cruising. Maybe you heard it and you tried to picture in your mind's eye what that looks like. Maybe maybe the angels on Christmas Eve, right, shining as the, the sky lights up with the angel chorus. But to an original hearer or reader of Isaiah's message, that phrase, the glory of the Lord, is a rich one. It has rich history Throughout the Old Testament, it's a, a phrase, the Hebrew phrase is kavod Adonai. There won't be a quiz later. But it's important to know because it comes up over and over again. The glory of the Lord is what appeared to Moses in the burning bush when God said, I am who I am. When he introduced himself as the God of grace and mercy, The kavod Adonai, the glory of the Lord, is what led God's people through those walls of water on dry ground to the safety on the other side through the Red Sea. The glory of the Lord is God's visible appearing to his people. The glory of the Lord was a reminder. God is always with us. It was something that brought some holy fear to his people, right? Oh, there's God. I can see his presence here with us. It was also a reminder, though, of of God's love, right? His undeserved love in the midst of sinful people. And this morning, 
we see the fulfillment of the words from Isaiah the prophet, don't we? Because the light has come. Jesus. He's the light of the world. He's our Savior. He is the glory of the Lord. He is the visible appearing of God himself. So that we can see. See God's power. See God's majesty as he gives us glimpses in his miracles, in his knowledge, in his wisdom, in his foresight. But even more so we can see his love. That he would come here for us. That he would be born into darkness to bring light to a world that doesn't know it otherwise. That he would come here to shine his light for you and for me because in him is forgiveness. In him is salvation. In him is eternal hope. He came to dispel fear and guilt and shame. He took it all and killed it on the cross. And now he shines on you and on me. The light of the world. And he tells us, rise and shine. Because your light, it's come. And then Isaiah goes on to describe, right? He describes these results what happens, the reactions to the light that shines in the darkness. And it's kind of interesting because I don't think it's what we would say we see the response to Jesus. I think we'd probably be tempted to say, oh, there's, there's not a whole lot of Christians and not a lot of people who believe and not a lot of people who even care and most people are, are either apathetic or, or they push back, right? And they want nothing to do with him. But God sees something that we don't necessarily see. He sees hearts. And that's why Isaiah describes how, okay, there are people who don't want to hear about it, and there are people who are apathetic, but there are also an awful lot of people who are looking for that light. And when the light shines on them, they rejoice. He talks about people who come from afar to find the light. Because it's something that they want. It's something that they need. There's an obvious fulfillment of that this morning, isn't there? We heard it in our, our Bible reading, in our, our children's message from a, a Matthew chapter 2. As those magi, those wise men, they left their homes, their country, their jobs, their status, and they traveled for, for more than a year. And they followed a star. Because they wanted to come and find the light. And they did it all so that they could find the king, right? Not, not Herod. They stopped there and, yeah, that's not what we're looking for. And they kept moving. No, they came to find the king, God himself, their savior. And did you notice what happened when they, when they found him? The Bible says they were overjoyed. They fell down and worshiped. But that doesn't really summarize or capture it very well. I think actually Isaiah probably captured it better, right? He talks about your heart will throb and swell with joy. In Matthew, the original Greek doesn't just say they were overjoyed. It says they rejoiced with an exceedingly great joy. Right? This isn't just like, oh, cool, okay, what's next? This is bursting at the seams with excitement, with joy, because this is, this is God for me 
here. Are you bursting with the same excitement this morning? Are you, is your heart just throbbing with joy? Because you're in God's house. You are here worshiping God. You are hearing the message of the light of the world. Rise and shine. Or are you kind of, I'd just rather roll over this morning. I'm, I've got my plans for later and I've got my plans for the week and I'm just kind of waiting for the final amen so I can finally get on with my day, Pastor. We're tempted, aren't we, to not be so joy-filled as we come and find the king, that newborn king who lived and died for us. Are you excited that there's lots of seats filled this morning, more than maybe normal? Or in your head are you thinking, oh, more chairs I got to put away later. More pots of coffee I have to make. Less donuts. Hopefully not. But there's a temptation, isn't there? That I, I, I just look at this beautiful good thing that God gives to me, that I get to come and I get to worship him, and I get to hear his word and bathe and bask in his light. And instead I look at, eh, but it's not really convenient for what I've got on my agenda right now. Because isn't that often how we want the light? We want the light when we want the light. We want the light when we have guilt. We want the light when we have fear. But we want the light when it's convenient for us. And we want it kind of on our terms, don't we? See, that's why we probably aren't so great as, as we leave here. And, and maybe between here and the comfort of our homes, we're, we're okay. But, but once we open the front door on Monday morning and we head out to work or to school or we go hang out with a friend, well, that light, it's in here, but I kind of close the curtain so nobody sees it. Because I'm not sure what the reaction I'm going to get is. And we're probably tempted to think that it's more like the apathy or even the, the antipathy against rather than the reaction that God describes of people seeing that light. And that's unfortunate because God has a purpose. He has a purpose for each one of you and me and all Christians. Because God wants us to know his light. That's why he calls to us this morning, rise and shine. He wants to wake us out of our spiritual slumber, right? Of saying that it's okay to just do this and it's okay to live in the gloom of sin. No, it's not, God says. And I, I want you to recognize it and to realize it and to, to know the forgiveness of my light. But I don't just want that light for you. I want that light to shine in you and through you. See, that's what God wants us to do. And here's why. It's our, our third takeaway this morning. There is a world full of people. And they're living in darkness. And here's the thing. God has called you and he's called me to boldly stand in the light of Jesus. To not be afraid, to not be ashamed of the gospel, the good news, right? That's what the Bible says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the light that I have, the good news that I know. In fact, I'm so not ashamed of it that I want you to know it as well. 
And so God wants us not to just to stand in it, but to let that light shine in my life. See, because that world full of people, they need someone to share it with them. So what does this look like? Well, in a world that's filled with darkness and, and that darkness shows itself in, in harshness, in not just rudeness, but in, in just a lack of care or concern and certainly of love for anyone but myself, will be the opposite. Be compassionate. Be kind. Be gentle. Even when there's nothing in it for you. In a world that's struggling to find any purpose beyond living for myself in the moment right now, be confident of the purpose that you have. You are God's child. And God's purpose for you is to live in his light and to let his light be seen. That's your purpose. Be confident of it. In a world that's drowning in guilt and shame, guess what you have? You have a message. You have a hope. You have a peace that they're searching for. You have forgiveness. The forgiveness that God has given you, the forgiveness that you get to share with others, the forgiveness that Jesus one with friends and coworkers and family and neighbors who know that something is missing but they're not sure exactly how to, how to articulate it they don't know quite exactly what that is you do it's light it's the light of of Jesus and you get to be the one that lets it shine in your life and through your lips so that they get to know the goodness of our God. Rise and shine because God wants us to not just roll over and spiritually take a nap. He wants us to be awake, to be alert, and to be basking in this radiance of Jesus. He's the light of the world and he wants you to stand boldly in him and to let him shine. To shine in your life and to shine through your life so that other people might see that good news, might see the light of Jesus. Rise and shine. It's an exciting and joyful time to be a Christian. Amen.